I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name my is. Name. Is. <laughs> Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a, a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Raymond Rowe is a WWE superstar. You may not recognize the name, but he is a member of the tag team, the Viking Raiders. And this is essentially Eric of the Viking Raiders. He's on SmackDown every Friday night on mainstream television. And yes, he is a hunter. And yes, he is not afraid to post about hunting because he believes that the most important thing that he and his wife can do is explain the reasons for why they hunt. Holy smokes. A mainstreamer that wants to commit to explaining why they hunt to a mainstream non-hunting audience. This is an incredible conversation. So I gave your wife such grief when her freaking AirPods were in charge. She just was like absolutely like you know, it's your wife, so you probably know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I had like this this promise essentially. Ah, don't worry, I'm gonna have everything squared away. iPhone won't work. Didn't read the instructions to the, <laughs> uh, the podcast. So Why would I read the instructions something? Yeah, that's that's not a thing that I would do. Every all of my gear is charged. I just uh, didn't <laughs> read the instructions on the fact that this podcast won't work on an iPhone. Uh, so yeah, we had to, we had to do a little scrambling, but we're, we're here. We're good. <laughs> well, I will say this. 
your beard game is looking extremely tight today. Thank you. Yeah, I, um, I luckily, one of the things uh, that we do is uh, I see, I see a barber like every other week um, being on TV, um, you know, in your underwear uh, every week, you've got to, there's definitely some, uh, some vanity things that you need to uh, make sure is looking good. So facial hair is definitely part of the, part of the character, part of the, the, the presentation, if you will. So uh, yeah, I got to make sure it looks good on TV every week. Uh, 4k is not forgiving at all. So for uh, sure, for sure. Yeah. So beard game strong, no hair game up top is also strong. I mean, but that was kind of chosen for me. I didn't really have a choice. Uh, it gets easier every week to shave my head because uh, there's just less and less up there. So my uh, my razor has to do less and less work every week. So the character was chosen for you, like this character has a shaven head, essentially. Or no, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm saying naturally. Oh, like, oh. You know, I don't have a choice. Yeah, I don't have a choice. I couldn't grow hair if I wanted to, uh, and I don't think uh, you know I sweat too much for a good wig to stay on. Yeah, so people are thinking, like, what the hell, Kroger? You've got this guy that's on this podcast that says he's on TV in his underwear. I thought you were, <laughs> like, in this, into hunting. What hell of an intro. The, yeah, the, the, the perceptions of hunting. And here we are talking to a guy that prances around. No, prances is not the wrong right term. Excuse me. Yeah. Dances um, Viking style around the arena. Um you want us to use your stage name or your real name? Um, we can use my real name. I mean, I'll, I'll, in, we, you can introduce the the stage name, or we can talk about it. But uh, well, the, Ray, yeah. welcome to the Blood Origins podcast, my man. I am, I'm stoked. Like, I literally, this is the kind of conversation I want to have every single podcast with people like you. I, I genuinely appreciate that. For anyone who doesn't know, uh, my name is Raymond Rowe. Um, I'm one half of the Viking Raiders from WWE, um, and that's Eric. My half is Eric. My tag team partner is named Ivar. Uh, we are the Viking Raiders. Uh, we were were a successful tag team before WWE. Toured all over the world: Japan, Mexico, England, um, just about everywhere in the United States. Um, multiple championships across across the globe um but uh that's not what we're here to talk about we're here to talk about hunting which is a passion, <laughs> a passion that uh can is is kind of all consuming so mm -hmm. have you been to south africa not yet i would love to go to south africa um i've actually never been to the african continent it's definitely one of the ones um on my bucket list so i uh i really want to go uh give me your dimensions uh what are you? six six one like 245 pounds yeah you're not going to be a small boy sneaking around the african bush that's for sure not You'd at have all. to put freaking camo on your dome man they'll be seeing your dome <laughs> from a mile away yeah uh well so like that's that's i mean we can just dive right into that right away um i don't really believe in camouflage uh i don't neither does I, your wife no she does not at all and she was actually one of the ones so it's between her and um donnie vincent are the ones that ultimately put me over the edge on like camo is a lot of marketing uh it's it's more about movement uh it's more about glare like as long you know obviously if you're wearing like you know uh blinking lights and stuff i'm sure that's uh, that's a problem so i i, I wear face paint because i want to break up this mm -hmm. shining uh beacon in the mm -hmm. wood but i 
I kind of go more with earth tones or, you know, I, I was hunting, uh, just yesterday in a red flannel and I had 16 deer around me and not a single one knew I was there. So I don't know. You tell me late season, right. there's no cover. There's no coverage. Like, uh, that picture I was out in the snow. Um, so I mean, maybe I was camoed cause I was covered in snow, but, uh, you know, it's not like there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, leaves or anything around me i was only about 14 feet up in a tree i wasn't even that high mm -hmm. so, and and no one had a clue i was there well it's impressive six foot one two forty you know to remain still <laughs> is a is an effort of mental mental acuity essentially sure. right yeah especially the, um, i'm terrified of heights so that's really uh, exciting thing. yeah i'm terrified i hate i hate leaving the ground but uh and you just and you're hunting in a saddle too right yeah. So I actually feel, uh, safer in a, in a tree saddle than I do in like uh, a tree stand or like a like a traditional ladder stand. Uh, because with a ladder stand, you, you wear a full body harness, but the only way you know that body harness harness is going to work is if you fall. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you're trusting your, your body and, and your safety to a thing mm -hmm. that should stop you and i mean it's it's rated for stopping you but you don't know how to kind of you know hangman drop you might end up getting uh whereas with a tree saddle uh, you're tied in with tension on your safety system the entire time so mm. i don't leave the ground without be having a lineman's belt on and then when i'm hunting height i have got a you know i've got a tether uh, a tree tether attached and there's tension on my life support on on my safety system so there's no sway there's no wiggle room there's no like oh well maybe i'll fall no like you're you're tied in the whole time and like whether i'm my feet are on the stand or i'm wrapped around the tree or whatever i'm doing like i'm not going anywhere because I, that, that rope is keeping me in the tree and your butt's not getting numb in that no. saddle no no i mean i uh i i use uh, uh tether i don't know about other like brands or whatever but the the I've, i use a tether uh xl because i'm a bigger guy which is like a, a much larger saddle so there's not as much hip pinch or anything like that um it's it's awesome i, I don't know i just i i love the thing sweet so as i understand it this is something that you did not do growing up no i'm i'm an adult onset hunter um i actually the very the why didn't you hunt as a kid so i grew up in the city of cleveland uh it was just an urban urban environment like um you that know sense. My, my wife my wife grew up in kentucky on a farm uh she grew up with her family hunting and surrounded by hunting um you know I, like i said i grew up in the city of cleveland i we we like to say that our first experience with firearms was very very different um uh, you know, like there was, there was like gang graffiti around the neighborhood where I grew up. Like we, they weren't, you know, there wasn't wilderness. There wasn't, mm -hmm. uh, there wasn't access to that type of thing. And like, I had a couple like cousins that hunted, but you know, we didn't see them all that often. Um, and it was just kind of like a thing that they did. Like it was, it was not something that my mom was like supportive of. She doesn't like, she still doesn't to this day. doesn't like firearms. Um, so it was just not a thing that I ever grew up, grew up with. And then like, uh, I grew up and I got really involved in sports and I got really involved in athletics and then wrestling and, and just kind of moved into that realm. And it wasn't until, uh, Sarah and I got together that she kind of rekindled her love for hunting. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. And, and even when she first started, like, uh, she got, when, when we were starting to plan our wedding, um, 
and and we were planning like a, a traditional Viking wedding um, where, you know, we were going to do like kind of mixing like old and new traditions and stuff like that. And one of the big things is a, is a feast. Um, right. And, and we want, she wanted to, she set her mind that she wanted to kill a deer and serve it to our families at this Viking feast. So she got really back, you know, got back into hunting hard and like went and spent like all day, every day for like, I don't know. I think she was there for like six or seven days, like just hitting it hard, uh, back into hunting. And like, at the time I was just kind of like, this is your thing. Like, it's cool that you want to do this, but it's your right, right. Right, right. Um, And then, uh, she ended up getting me a crossbow for Christmas that year. Uh, her and her dad did, I think they split it. And like, I went out in the woods, but we didn't see anything but squirrels. And like, I wasn't really sold. I was like, I mean, I'll try it. Like, I'll try anything like, cool, whatever. Um, So you didn't have a perception about hunting and hunters. Like as you were coming into the wrestling world before you met Sarah, did you have a perception? Not really. I mean, like uh, my, I guess my, my biggest perception was just like, um, like I said, like, my my uh, my cousins growing up and they were like uh they did a lot more um uh like bird hunting so they had like bird dogs um and and they did a lot more of that but it was all firearms it was all just kind of like going out with the dogs and flushing up ducks and shooting ducks and stuff and i just i didn't really have like a, a positive or a negative view i was just kind of like you know i i kind of had like a, yeah and I, I i did have a misconceived notion about like trophy hunting like because i feel like that's such a dirty word uh in in greater society and like no one outside of the hunting world even really knows what that means uh it's just kind of like a, a word like a buzzword used by like anti-hunting groups to be like oh hunting's bad because trophy hunting and like they don't know what that means but it sounds bad and like, mm-hmm. especially when you see a picture of a guy, like, you know, uh, like a, a fat business guy, like standing over a lion or something like that. And you're like, oh my God, that's, yeah, that's terrible. Like, why, 100%. why would you do that? Um, and like, you don't understand that, like, there are entire economies and stuff. And I mean, being from, you know, from South Africa, like there's entire co- economies that are like dependent on commercial trophy hunting, where like, there are a lot of endangered animals that wouldn't be around if people didn't, if there wasn't monetary value to hunting them. Uh, and like, people don't understand that. And I didn't understand that until I started hunting. And like, I really didn't even understand, uh, the reason why, like, I, I guess I was just, I was kind of like ignorant to our food systems and how, you know, meat, like, I, obviously I knew like meat came to the store and like, you know, like it didn't just grow there. Like a lot of people on my social media say, um, you know, they, they, they tell me, like, I can't tell you how many times, uh, I've got go a to the store. Go get your meat from the store. You heathen. Okay. No, but not only that, go get your meat from the store where no animals are hurt. <laughs> I swear to God, I can't even like multiple times on my social media, people say that. And like, it just blows my mind. But like, I just, I guess I never really thought about you know, put any, put any thought into it. It was just kind of like it not really in my, in my realm of thinking, uh, until, you know, uh, Sarah and I got, we got married. Um, and then she introduced me, she turned me on to mediator. Um, Mm -hmm. and I watched like four seasons of it between that very first time, like when we got married and then the next hunting season coming up. And like, by that point, 
I was, we had really talked about like where we wanted to go with the rest of our lives and like what we wanted to do. And like, we started exploring like homesteading and like why these type of things were really important to Sarah and like becoming important to me. Uh, so then that next year, like we actually, we closed on a, on a farm, the, the farm that we live on, uh, like, like a week after the opening of, of hunting season. So like I, the very first like real hunting I did was that, was that year. Um, and it was on our property. Uh, it was on our farm and like, we were already kind of like exploring that homesteading life and, mm -hmm. and reconnecting mm -hmm. with our food. And like, so my entry to, to hunting was just for meat. Like, I don't, I still don't know how to score a deer. People talk about like, well, it was a 150 inch deer. I don't, I don't know the first thing about classifying deer or age, you know, age class or whatever. Mm -hmm. I know that mm -hmm. like conservation standpoint, it's better to take mature animals. Um, it's specifically mature males. Like I get that. And like, uh, seeing big mature deer from the stand, like, holy crap, that's it. Like you get the shakes and it's, it's exciting, but like, I'm just as happy if I, you know, if I can shoot a doe and fill my freezer and feed my family, like, that's why I hunt that like without meat, if I couldn't eat what I was hunting, I wouldn't hunt. Like it, and you're it, bow hunting, right? You're not rifle hunting. Yeah. I'm, I'm bow hunting. So I, I, I genuinely enjoy the challenge of bow hunting. Why did you decide, uh, I, was it a Sarah thing to just go straight into bow hunting versus using a boomstick? So she, yeah, so she started, she started archery. Um, and like where I live in Ohio, bow hunting is like open from the end of September through the beginning of February. Yep, whereas yep. like, whereas like gun hunting, you've got like a 10 day window yep. and then there's like a six or seven day window with muzzle loader at the end of the season. Yep. So for, for me, who, especially with traveling, as much as I travel with work and like wrestling and all that stuff, having the ability to like, to, to spread it out over four months versus have to dedicate 10 days when I've never had 10 days off in my, in a row since I've been a wrestler. It just, it just hasn't happened. Um, so like just more opportunity for me, um, it leads to archery. Um, and <laughs> I, my first year I hunted with a crossbow. Um, and then because I wasn't confident enough with my compound, bow, I had a compound bow that I was training with. Um, but I wasn't confident enough with, with the compound bow to make an ethical shot. Um, and it wasn't until the, the following year that I, uh, that I started hunting with a compound bow, but I, I really like, there's something, um, almost spiritual about, the connection that you have with an animal while bow hunting. Um, because like, I feel like from like rifle hunting, you can be three, four, 500, 500 yards away. And like, you're almost like looking through, you know, your uh, optics or whatever. And then looking through your rifle scope, like it's a picture on a screen. Um, whereas when I'm bow hunting and a deer comes in, I can smell that deer. I can, I can see the fur, you know, different patches of fur. If there's like different colors or mixed, mixed colors on its, on its, um, uh, on its coat, you know, I can see the, I can see the, you know, the, the different like, uh, spikes and, and knobs on its, on its antlers. Like, I mean, it's, it's an intimate thing. Uh, and then like every, you know, every kill I've made, um, you know, we, 
like I need a minute with that deer. Like I what was that? To... What was that first kill like? Um, the first oh, kill. You obviously hit it with a bow, though, right? No, no, no. Uh, it was it was my first one was a buck. Okay. Um, and my and it was a crossbow. So uh, we it was like middle of October, the first year that we had hunted. Uh, and, and we hunted literally every single day we were home, um, that first year. Like if we were not on the road wrestling, we were, we were in the woods hunting. So I probably had, it was only the middle of October and I probably already had like 15 sets at this point. Um, mm-hmm. and like, I, uh, I, you know, I had just kind of, uh, <laughs> it's, it's funny. Cause like. Uh, I just texted Sarah to be like, we had, you know, we'd agreed upon like, Hey, we'd we'd check in at a certain amount at a certain time. And then, you know, just kind of see what the rest, what the woods are doing or whatever. And like, make sure, Hey, we're safe. Cause she was hunting on the other side of the farm. And I texted her and I said, Hey, I'm safe. You know, nothing. don't see anything yet. But like, it was still like an hour and a half before sun, the sun went down or, you know, it was like getting real close to like prime time. So I was like, Hey, I'm going to put my phone away and hunt. And as I finished that text, I looked over and there was a deer like to my left. So I've got my phone in my hand and I start like, God, you idiot. Like you got your phone, you don't have your bow. Like you're going to mess this up. Um, but I was able to kind of like sneakily put my, put my phone back, grab my crossbow and then, um, like, you know, line up, get a, get a good shot. It was, it was like, uh, like 26 or 27 yards. Um, so, you know, I shot him and he took off and like, he kicked up when I shot him, like it looked to me like it was a really good shot. Um, and I just like super, super high at this point, like really excited uh, because it connected. Like we were training and we were talking right, about right, it. Right, 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 right. All year waiting for this shot and I made it. Um, so I call Sarah right away. She um, she pretty much jumps down from her <laughs> from her tree stand, uh, comes comes running on foot to the other side of the on the other side of the, the farm to me. Is she preggers at this stage? Say what? Is no, 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 no. This, is, this is the year before. This okay, is, okay. Like I've been hunting. This is my uh, my third full okay, okay, full deer okay. season here. Um, but uh, so she um, she runs she runs over uh, and like she's got asthma, so she's like breathing and like you know. But uh, we we start looking for blood. Um, at this point, it started raining. Um, and like, this is where, you know, highest highs, lowest lows of, of hunting and specifically bow hunting. Uh, so we're, we're losing light and it starts raining. And like, as, uh, as we start tracking, like at first there's like solid blood. Like, I mean, it's, it's just like, we, like someone was dropping paint and then we kept going. And and at this point I'm like excited. I'm like, all right, okay. I did everything right. I'm, we're about to harvest this animal. We're about to harvest this animal. And as we're going into the woods, the blood slows down and it slows down. And now it's raining. Like, I mean, a downpour and any, if there's little drops of blood, we might've lost it. It's full black now, like full dark. And I start having a panic attack. Like, oh my God, I just wounded this thing. Like I, Mm -hmm. I, I can't believe that, you know, I, I wounded it. Like I, I just hurt this thing. Like I'm, I'm, I'm starting to question myself. Like, was it really a good shot? Like, you know, you're, you're asking all these questions because 
I thought it was good shot and I thought it was good blood and, but maybe it wasn't, maybe I just, maybe I'm a bad person. Maybe I hurt this thing and I, I didn't bring it down mm. or going through these, like, and, and literally like bent over, like breathing deep, like on my knees, like, I feel like I'm, I'm going to throw up. Like I can't, yeah. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. you know, this is the last thing I ever wanted. And, um, so we called, you know, we, we call a couple people asking like advice on like, what should we do? This is the last point of blood. Um, you know, uh, but it's raining really bad. We don't, we're not sure if we want to like leave it for more time or not. Um, Sarah in very Sarah fashion just starts like zigzagging through the woods. She, so I can see her flashlight. She's like, we're going to find this deer. Like, she's like, if you want to go back to the house, if you need to go to back to the house, that's fine. I'm going to stay out here. We're going to find this deer. So she literally just starts going like she's not grid searching she's not like doing anything methodical she's literally just going back and forth trying to find where she thinks the deer might go and she's just gonna go find it uh i start like from my last point of blood like i put a i put a flash or, or like a light there and i start like going out like spokes of a wheel right so i'm trying to like very methodically cover the cover the ground try to find try to find um the next, the next point of blood, uh, anything that can tell me that I'm not a terrible person and I, I didn't just wound this thing. Um, and then it, it was like a scene out of a movie. Like I saw her light go across and it caught a patch of white. And at that time, like my light, you know, like I snapped over and I'm, and then he's there and Sarah's like, she's like, we effing found him. It's like found her down her chest. Um, and like, uh, so we, we did, we found him. He, he ended up running like almost 400 yards after the shot. So he was a, you know, he was a yeah, it was a, and I got, so I got um, like all of one lung and the bottom of the other lung. Mm. And like, so he just, he was a strong buck and ran. I mean, these things are, are powerful, incredible animals. Uh, and he just, he just ran. Um, but he was dead. He was down and dead when, when we, when we found him. Uh, you know, I cleaned, like Sarah walked me through it, but it was my deer. It was my first kill. So I cleaned them. I did. It was the first time I've ever done that. Um, and she like, you know, there's, I don't know if it's a, a, a full tradition, but, uh, for, for her, like with your first kill, uh, you know, white blood on, on, on your face. And so 100%, she, wiped, 100%. Uh, she wiped it down, down, down the entirety of my face and all into my mouth. Uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then um, I wouldn't let her help me drag it out of the woods because it was my deer. Like now this is the backside of our farm. This is way back there. So we start driving, you know, dragging this thing. Like uh, I ended up dragging them over a quarter of a mile. Like, uh, and I, you know, I don't know anything about packing deer out at this point. I just grab legs and I mean, we're just going. Um, and uh, we get him almost a half mile in and like she had called our neighbor um, who we actually bought the farm from. He still lives pretty close. Uh, and so he jumped in his ATV, ran over. We threw the threw the deer in the back of his ATV, brought it, brought it into the barn, got it hung up. And then Amazing. Uh, yeah, what a story. We, it was it was like crazy. The the highest of high, lowest of low. Mm -hmm. and, then it, and then it was good. But then like so like the next week, like we took it to the processor in the next week and my parents came over. And my, when they came over and I cooked them, like I cooked a backstrap, you know, on the grill. Um, and I think Sarah made like mushrooms that we had like harvested from the woods. And we had this like meal that was harvested a hundred percent by us on our land. Mm. And it all kind of like 
I had this like out of body experience, like watching my family eat this food that we had provided. And I like, I was all in at that point. Like there was no hesitation. There was no doubt. Like this is, this is, this is why, this is why we're hunting. This is why we moved to the country. This is why we bought a farm. This is why we've made steps. And now we're raising cattle and we're raising chicken. And this year um, we're going to start. So like we were just raising egg chickens, but like this year we're going to start a meat rabbit colony and we're going to start a, um, a meat, a meat chicken. Uh, we're going to raise meat chickens this spring. Um, like this is why, this is what we're doing. This is, this is the purpose of our life, especially. I'm ready to come to the row house. Hey, like meal, if, man. You, if you leave row house hungry, it's your fault. Like, <laughs> like it's not it, it like that. I, I feel like all day we're making dinner. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're feeding dinner. We're, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? We're taking care of our animals that are going to take mm-hmm. care of us. Like this is a, this is a sacrifice that like we sacrifice so they can have the best life possible. And then until, until that last, like, you know, one second when uh, they'll give their life for us and then their life will sustain us because like the fact is life eats life. I don't care if you're a vegan, if you're a vegetarian, if you're a carnivore, if you're an omnivore, whatever you eat, you're eating life. Um, every diet on the planet exists because something else or some, or or because of, because something dies, um, plant, like it takes, like I live in the country. I see when, when it's harvest time, things like people try to say like, well, I'm plant-based. I don't, I don't cause death. Uh, they cause probably more death than I do because Mm -hmm. I eat a big animal. Mm -hmm. Um, like when, when there's, you know, soybeans harvested or, or corn harvested or hay har- harvested or any, you know, whatever the big, the big fields are harvested, those, those machines are not, uh, delicate. They're not, they don't discriminate. They chew up everything in their path. And, and right. it's, it's, uh, you know, squirrels, rabbits, uh, voles, moles, every type of type of creature that lives in the ground is getting smashed, ripped up and all that stuff. And it's, it's going into the plant you know, the, mm-hmm. the threshers and all that stuff. Like, and like for weeks after harvest, there's, there's, um, there's vultures all over the place and there's coyotes, like, you know, which, which is part of the circle of life. That's the way exactly. it's done with crops. Exactly. But I don't think we can, we can lie to ourselves and try to say like, you know, my diet is cruelty free or my diet doesn't cause oh, that. Like, life eats life doesn't matter who you know if you're mm-hmm. a hunter if you're not like so for, and i think that's why we make the choices we do because we realize that uh so i want to be connected to that i want to eat the best meat that i possibly can both both health wise and and morality wise i want to know that the choices that i'm making and the lives that i'm taking are the healthiest, happiest, most natural lives that are possible for that animal until it gives its life so that my life can continue. Mm-hmm. No, it's a, it's certainly a, an honorable why, my man. Um, and you've thought through it, which is a phenomenal thing because you're a mainstreamer. <laughs> you are yeah. someone who is in the limelight. You are on freaking WWE raw you're on what else are you on that's uh, it right well, well right now i'm the wwe smackdown smackdown uh, was, yeah so there there's two there's two 
main brands, there's SmackDown and Raw, and the third brand is NXT. We were on NXT. We came to Raw. We're on SmackDown now. Uh, but, like, SmackDown's on Fridays on Fox. Uh, you are on mainstream television, bro. <laughs> yes. Yes, and sir. And you are, you are comfortable and you are confident enough to talk about hunting on your social media platforms in which someone of the millions of people watching you on a Friday, they see you perform. They're like, oh, who's this Eric guy? Let me check him out on Instagram. And they're going to see you hunting. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't make it. You haven't had a manager or talent agency saying, eh, you shouldn't be doing that, right? So no one directly has said that to me as far as like from a talent. Well, you're a big boy. Nobody's ever going to really just say it <laughs> your no, face. I mean, no, let's yeah. be honest here. But I mean, the guy, every, all the guys backstage at WWE are big guys too. So a lot of former wrestlers back there, they're not shy. But like, uh, so two things. Like, so we do have a social media policy at WWE, um, but Sarah and I both held ourselves to social media policies before we were at WWE. Like we were public figures before we were we were at the level that we're at now um so we've always kind of tried to handle ourselves and present ourselves in a professional way in a in a respectful way um but also in an honest way i think one of the like social media can definitely become a toxic place if you allow it to um Mm -hmm. i think that the anonymity of being able to type mean things on a stranger's page and have no accountability whatsoever for your actions um, or your words rather, because there are no actions, it's all words um, is, can be incredibly toxic. And it's, it's a thing where, you know, maybe somebody who's not happy with themselves or, you know, not happy with their life or they're unhappy or whatever, maybe they're looking for an outlet um, to vent, or maybe they're just people who are trying to stir the pot and stir trouble. And they think it's funny to, you know, say mean things to, to strangers and online and like whatever, whatever reason, I just choose not to engage in anything like that. Like, mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. people who every time I make a post and every, whether it's a hunting or not hunting post, hunting is going to come up on almost every single one of them in my comment section, uh, because I'm unapologetic about it. I, I think, and, and I'm, I'm very respectful in the way that I, uh, present it, uh, because, but I think that I'm very honest with how I present it. Like, I kill my food. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a hunter. I'm a hunter. I'm a farmer. Um, you know, I'm a homesteader, but I'm also a husband and a father and a brother and a son and you know, and a professional wrestler. So I'm going to post about all of those things. So, like, I think whereas as toxic as social media can be, it can also be an incredibly powerful and positive space. Uh, so that's what I choose to focus on um, because, like, it's brought people together, like. Your, yourself and you know me and me and you for example like mm-hmm. we, we started interacting because of social media i found your podcast i found a you know and other podcasts like it but i specifically found your podcast because you did a an online profile with um bert soren from sornex 100 uh, and i saw it on his page and i was like wow this is awesome <laughs> but um so i, I <laughs> sorry i'm getting uh photobombed by sarah um so uh but I, I saw that i saw that profile and i saw um you know the 
the way that it was shot and like the story you were telling about him as a hunter and why he hunts and like what it means to his family and all this stuff. And I was like, man, this is really beautiful. And this is really well done. This is, this is a movie that you're making about a friend of mine. Um, so I click and, you know, and then I'm like, Oh man, this is cool. And I, I saw the mission that you're standing for and the, and you're, you're working all the time on fundraising stuff or making awareness. And like, I think, there are so many anti-hunting advocates. Uh, there are anti-hunting groups or anti-hunting campaigns because people have a misguided uh, understanding of what hunting is and what hunting means and what hunting uh, means to people and 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 the the positive sides of hunting. Like people just want to be like, oh, that's a blood sport. That's trophy hunting. That's what you know, X, Y, or Z. But they have no clue what no clue. actual hunting means. And like why uh, don't they know that though, Ray? So I think there's two things. I think one is that um hunting media focused on being a blood sport for a long time. Uh and that kind of turn that turns people off. Right. right. So they were they were doing whatever they could, I think, to make to get attention, um, you know, like because I did I, before I was a hunter, I definitely knew that there was like hunting hunting shows like Outdoor Channel. And it was, you know, some random dude with a rifle and bang and we're going to we're going to kill something. You'll see me kill something. I had no I had no interest in that. You know what I mean? Like even today, yeah, like, I know I get it. Like, um, celebrity shows on on YouTube and there's a bunch of, you know, uh, TV hunting shows that really have no interest in I, I have no interest in because mm-hmm. it's just hey this is me here's here's me hunting here's me killing something thanks for come in next week like and and like this is you're talking to a guy who's filmed himself and his friends hunting and put up hunting content on 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 YouTube and on social media so like I'm more interested in the meat eater type or in the you know the Donnie Vincent type um who who tell us blood origins type blood origins type or you know you don't, you don't really post like hunting uh no, no we don't anything. because we, we create content for non-hunters yeah and I, I think that's important and i think like i think i think that's probably more important than putting up hunting content just you're putting up like hunting adjacent content you know what i mean like it's 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 palatable like my mom doesn't want to watch a hunting video where an animal gets killed but because of sarah and because of me now getting into hunting she understands why we hunt. She respects that that we both hunt. She's eaten deer multiple times. She's eaten bear. She's eaten um, wild pig that we've all that we've harvested. Mm-hmm. Um, and then her and my dad came over. They were the first ones who ever uh, watched cash without us. Like we left mm-hmm. our son with my parents so that Sarah and I could go hunt together. Mm-hmm. That was the the first time. Like that's what we did mm-hmm. because that's what we like to do. Like it's something that she. She got in, uh, she got me into, but like, she opened my eyes to this kind of world. But like, I feel like there's not enough positive representation of hunting of, and that goes into the why. Um, and, and I think that's part of why Sarah and I both feel like it's important for us who have a platform to spread that message. hundred um, percent. You, you know, guys I, are doing a great I, job. I think, I think guys, well, thank you. Uh, but I think guys like, uh, like Joe Rogan and Cam Haynes and like Jocko Wilnick and like guys, guys like that who are, who, you know, and Cam obviously got famous from hunting, 
but also got famous. Like he, his, his kind of mainstream fame came, I, I feel like skyrocketed by being, uh, on the Joe Rogan podcast and becoming oh, friends. No Rogan. So like, but he, he was a hunter first, whereas like Joe Rogan is, is more similar to my story where like he was having, you know, a moral dilemma about meat and about the commercial meat industry. And he was on the fence about going vegan or, or vegetarian prior to becoming a hunter. Uh, Cause he said, I need to get connected to my meat. And I feel like that's the same journey that I went on. I, I wasn't considering, um, you know, veganism or, or vegetarianism, but I was just commercial meat and that's where I was going. And now like getting into hunting literally changed my life. And I know that's like, that sounds cliche or trite, but it really did like hunting led me to homesteading, led me to, uh, you know, trying our goal for 2022 and every year beyond is to only go to the grocery store for non-meat items. Mm. Like our goal is to provide every ounce of meat that our family eats at home or in the woods. Mm. Um, and, and I really think that's achievable this year. Like, um, that's great. I don't, and it's something that's important to us, you know, and like, that's my why. And I'm not going to, I don't know, I'm not going to shut up about it, but I think, I think it's an important, I think it's an important message to, um, to tell both for hunting and for, and for ourselves. Like, uh, like I started saying about social media, how it can be really, really negative. Um, but it can also be really positive and really powerful. So like, I want to use that social media platform that I have to, to be positive. Mm-hmm kind of spread those positive messages about mm-hmm. hunting and explain why, why do I hunt? Because I like, I feel like, um, you know, you, you always hear like a convert is more dedicated, has like a stronger faith than someone who maybe grew up in the faith and kind of just right, take, 100%. Uh, take it for granted. Um, you know, and I know that I came to, I didn't grow up hunting. I, it wasn't something that converted. Like, family always did, or it was just kind of accepted or like whatever. No, like I made a conscious decision as a fully grown adult that this was the direction that my life was going into. And every, every year I feel like we hunt more and more and we get better at hunting. We learn more about hunting. We, we dedicate more time to hunting. We're looking for different avenues to hunt. You know, like we're, we're now looking looking at it as uh it's it's becoming a bigger part of our life and yeah yeah and that now we can take like hunting vacations where we can say look we're gonna go do this we're gonna we're gonna go out west we're gonna go to canada we're gonna go to you know where hawaii to go on texas exactly yeah and and like and then we're gonna not just go to that vacation and go to these beautiful places and and meet interesting people and that we share that we share values with we're also going to come home with coolers full of meat mm-hmm. uh, and, and be able to, you know, and anything we can't travel with, we'll provide to family and friends wherever we're at. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, I, I just think it's, it's a, it's That's coming, great. It's, it's coming, coming full, full circle. circle. Exactly. Yeah, really exactly. Talk to me about the, the people that you, you circulate with at, at WWE. Have we got have we got people in the background that are coming up to you and going, "Hey Ray, what's this what's this hunting thing, man? Tell me about it." Like is Eva? Let me let's start with Eva. Does Eva hunt? 
Uh, no, no, Ivar. No, he does not hunt. Ivar, sorry. But yeah, no, that's the okay. African version of Ivar. <laughs> Ivar. Yeah, no, he uh, he doesn't hunt. He um. What he, does he think about hunting? He he understands. Like so, okay. he's we kind of we kind of laugh, and you know that he's like my work husband. Um, you know, because he and Has I were he eaten wild game. Oh yeah, you? yeah, yes, yes. Uh, and he likes it. He likes, I mean, he look at him. He likes to eat. Uh, <laughs> but he, um, you know, he, we, we, he and I have been tagged him for, uh, I think he's my longest successful relationship, actually. Uh, <laughs> we've, <laughs> we were, we were tagged him long before we came to WWE. Um, yeah, yeah. So he's kind of known me as I've evolved into a hunter and into a homesteader uh he's come out and visited the farm um where uh him and his wife are supposed to come out maybe later this year i think the spring um and then he'll they'll get the full experience you know like uh we'll make him go work the cattle and you know feed the chickens and stuff like that but uh but yeah like so there's there's guys that are like in the backstage scene who hunt um like production guys um you know camera guys uh there's a uh guys in the medical team there's a couple guys who i'm thinking of specifically um that are one one is on the medical team uh and and he and i will like trade trail cam pictures like he's like oh man you gotta see this uh look what look what we're chasing you know and the uh one of the guys uh, one of the camera guys uh is the same like he's got a farm down in kentucky and he's like dude check this thing out but like they travel like we do so Sometimes they get to hunt, sometimes they don't. So like I've, I've spoke to other hunters, I think because I'm public about it, people who are hunters and maybe are less public about it, they'll like come up and it's an easy conversation starter. Who are the but, big public wrestlers that are hunters that are outside of you? Steve, Steve Austin's a big hunter, isn't he? Yeah, Stone, Stone Cold Stone Cold is a hunter. Shawn Michaels is a hunter. Shawn Michaels actually had a, a hunting show back. In, oh, that's uh, right. That's right. Early two thousands, maybe I don't remember mm-hmm. exactly where, but he had a he had a uh, a hunting show. Um, he actually went to Stone Cold's ranch to to hunt. So yeah, they they both they are both hunters. Um, and I've talked to them about I talked to Sean uh, Sean Michaels about hunting a lot because um, we were in NXT with him. He was like a he was a coach for us um, as I was getting into hunting as like things were happening. So like my first cool. deer, my first couple deer, I was like texting him pictures of them. Like, Oh my oh, God, that's this awesome. is that's he's, awesome. he's texting back. And like, he, that's a boyhood hero for me uh, mm-hmm. to have that interaction with. Um, but, uh, and like, he's best friends with triple H who, uh, he, so Sean has taken him hunting before. Um, he like triple H isn't like a, like a hunter, but he's gone hunting with, with Sean a couple times. Um, and like definitely like appreciates that but like the 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 guys who are like the biggest name hunter brock lesnar immediately comes to mind he lives uh he's lived in minnesota but he also lives in i think he's full-time living in saskatchewan now and he owns like half of saskatchewan or something i mean it's, he's, got, he's got a massive massive amount of property up there uh but he can hunt like bear and moose and you know uh, mule deer and all kinds of stuff up there like just he lives in a in a winter paradise um yeah you uh, call so, it a paradise i call nah, it winter hell I, man. So, it'll be winter <laughs> hell for eight months <laughs> but that's the thing like i you know i was born and raised in cleveland ohio so i'm i'm definitely a cold person there's only so many there's only so many clothes you can take off in the heat and it's still going to be hot 
but I can always put more layers on and be and be warm in the cold. Um, See, I'm the opposite, man. Like, if it's hot, <laughs> I can get cool, but if it's cold, no. I cannot warm up. Yeah, no, I could could not degree, uh, disagree more. But um, that's all right. We can we can we will be respectfully dis- disagreed. Um, the, another guy. Um, I'm trying to think. But you haven't had any negative interactions with with male wrestlers that'll be like, ah, you dumbass, you know, you shouldn't be a hunter. No, not really, because I feel like um, maybe if I was just like focusing on the blood sport aspect of it, people would kind of. Oh, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. But everything, everything that I post and Sarah posts are about hunting and eating and, you know, and food and why and like. Uh, like actually just brought some some venison in for a couple guys in the roster who had never um who had never eaten wild wild game before um and uh and there's the, one of the guys actually uh has has gone so he he was a, a pescatarian so he was he's like i you know i don't like you know factory farming and all these other things and like i'm only eating i'm only eating uh like fish right and so and so he was asking me for a couple of weeks about hunting and about my farm and about you know the stuff and and uh Finally, I was, and he kind of made an offhand comment, like, man, I would, I'd eat a deer if, you know, we were around and, and you, you know, you hunted it or whatever. And I was like, would you eat one if I brought you some meat? And he said, yeah. So I, you know, the Brilliant. next, we, we travel around a lot. So like, uh, we were, we were on the, on the road, like close to his house. And I, I brought some frozen, some frozen venison down for him, like some, some ground and some rack straps and stuff like that. Uh, and just in a cooler on the plane and gave it to him. He took it home. And, and then for the next couple of weeks, he's like, Oh my God, we just made that last night. It was amazing. So like, <laughs> good. It, it, good. It, which is awesome. And, and like, for me, like, that's why, that's why we do it. You know what I mean? Like, um, and like Sarah just made, we had like a, a family, uh, birthday party for one of my nieces. Uh, we've I've come from a big family up here. I'm five brothers and sisters. Cash is grandkid number eleven for my parents. Like everybody lives fairly close. Um, so like we went into a big family, uh, like a family birthday party last week, and Sarah made uh, shepherd's pie with venison. Oh, and, awesome! Like, even like some of my sisters who aren't, they're not. You know, nobody, none of my brothers. Well, my little brother's a hunter, but like my my sisters are not. But they all of them were tried it and they're like, oh my God, this is really good. This is mm-hmm. just cool. Like to see family, you know, eating that stuff that we harvest. So last story about how hunting is so freaking ingrained in your family. I heard, I don't know if it was you, I think it was you or Sarah. If it was Sarah, holy smokes. It's like she's a rock star. A deer was shot. You're trailing a deer. Both of you are trailing a deer. She's nine months pregnant. And she goes into labor whilst tracking the deer that someone shot. <laughs> true or uh, not true? Uh, so true. Um, I was, this is the end of, this is the end of last bow season, uh, last year's deer season. Uh, and it was like the second to last day of the season, or maybe it was a th- like, there was like one or two more days of, of the season left. And I was out back, uh, hunting. I was in my saddle. Um, and I, I shot a buck. Um, he was real big. I had buck fever, uh, hands were shaking, but also it was like, 
I think it was like two degrees uh, with like probably like a negative 10, negative 12 wind chill. Um, and we already had like 16 to 18 inches of snow on the ground. Um, and your wife is nine months pregnant. Right. But she's at the farm at in the farmhouse at this point. Uh, when when this story, when I shoot the deer, okay. she's there. Uh, so we go. Um, Just actually, side I, note, Sarah Rowe at nine months is allowing you to go hunting. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like imminently due with the first baby. Yeah. So and 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 we were already at this point, we were probably 10 days past our due date. Uh, we're planning on, we're planning on having the baby at home. Uh, yeah, but we're, we're, when I mean, we were on the farm, so at most I'm sure, 20 sure. minutes away from whatever, if she calls me. And that was kind of the agreement. Like, Hey, if my water breaks, you're coming in from the woods. Yeah. No problem. You know, obviously. Um, but, uh, so I shoot this deer, um, and we, I go back, um, and like, I, I wasn't sure. I think I, I didn't, I didn't put a perfect shot on it. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, my hands were, my hands were frozen. Like when I, I pressed my release, I literally couldn't feel my hands. Mm. Um, so I just I, making excuses. I just, it is what it is. I didn't it's put the best shot on it. Uh, I came back in, uh, we ate, we, and then to try to give the, the deer a little bit of extra time. Um, and then Sarah and I, we brought the ATV out to where we, uh, where I made my shot. And then we started the blood track. Now, Sarah, I don't know if you all talked about it, but Sarah is, she, first off, she's a savage. Uh, like she would hunt she with a stick. Totally she, a she would savage. hunt with a stick and a rock if she could. Um, and, uh, but she's always leads the blood trail because I physically can't keep up with her in the woods. She just goes like a bloodhound. She, she gets it. She's finding the blood and she's off. So we're, we're I've got to like constantly be telling her to like, Hey, slow down, slow down, slow down. Hey, slow down. Uh, even nine months pregnant. So she's nine months pregnant. She starts off on the blood trail and she's just moving. And now we're going through, like I said, 16, 18 inches of snow. And that's not with any like drifts. Like there's drifts up, you know, up to your waist. Uh, and some of the stuff she's up over, over down trees. She's under trees. She's, you know, just going. Um, we end up tracking this deer and like, I think we went after it too soon because mm -hmm. we found it, we found a bed. Um, and then it, and then it, it, where there was like a big pool of blood and then when we we got on it it by the time we got to that bed there was no blood afterwards so i don't know if it stitched up if it kind of you know congealed and it wasn't bleeding anymore but i said look like i don't know that this deer is down we're gonna go back in the house we're gonna and we're gonna come back out the next morning to track okay so we were walking back from now we're we're now deep deep in the woods uh like way way away from our our uh our farmhouse and we end up um we you know we 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 lost the blood trail in our on our neighbor's property um who we have permission to hunt on um like good friends of ours but like we end up having to walk back to the to the ATV because we're right, right. In, in the middle of nowhere. So we're walking through like, you know, and now we're going, we're, you know, cut across an ag field. So we're like thigh deep in, in snow. Um, and she doesn't complain. She's just a trooper. She's just moving through, you know, just breaking through, through snow. And, and she kind of makes the joke like, Hey, if this doesn't put me into labor, nothing will. 
And so we, we kind of laugh like, ha ha. Yeah. Uh, this will probably, this will probably do the trick and then just continue walking. So we end up back to the, you know, go back to the ATV. Like we finally get back to the house, probably about 11. Um, and about two or three in the morning, she wakes up and her water broke and she Jeez. goes into labor. And then, you know, that, that's an entire, another story. Uh, you know, she, we started Incredible. a whole yeah, she she. We now you've got a freaking thirty pound tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got it. We got a We got a, a tank of a son, but uh, obviously with her going into labor, and then we ended up in the hospital, and then we were at the hospital for three days. Like, um, I didn't get back out the next morning to track that deer. Uh, so then a month later, we now we got steady snows for the next like three weeks, and and we're talking, you know, like it upwards of another probably foot of snow um where where we were and like a month after that like and i i kind of you know i was i was sad that we didn't get back on that deer like obviously it went back coyotes probably would have gotten it or something like that but a a, a friend of ours who's a farmer who has who's got a farmer like just maybe 100 yards 150 yards from where we lost lost the blood um texts us uh Texts a, a, a group of us who knows who, who's hunting and said, "Hey, did anybody lose a buck at the end of the last season?" This is what three weeks later, four weeks uh, later. A full, yeah, full month uh, because the snows had finally melted, and he was just he was uh, you know uh, going on his uh, mm-hmm. checking fences on his farm and saw a buck dead in his woods, like you know, uh, like I said, it was maybe sure, 200, sure. 250 yards from where we where we quit where we we quit tracking and and walked back but i mean there was no there was absolutely no blood so we we were a needle in a haystack but he laid down and and got buried in snow and was preserved really? for a month. so then we we actually found yeah on my social on my on my instagram i've got a picture uh holding cash because he was a month old and we took the atv over to the guy's property and uh and and recovered the deer that had been frozen solid and, and out for, for a month. Um, and we got, wow, him mounted. So. we got him mounted. He's, he's like above, um, uh, he's above where like cash has like Montessori toys and stuff like that. But like, he's on the wall. So like he'll forever be the birthday deer. Like that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was cash's deer that caused her going to labor. And that was, you know, uh, amazing. It, it's crazy that, and that connected him. And like, he, we went and recovered him with cash so that he was like there, you know what I mean? Like put him in a little chest and like put him in cold, warm clothes and walked him out in a little chest, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the baby carrier and, and got that deer. It was, it was wild that, that, that we were actually wild. able to, to recover it. And, um, you know, thankful that that happened. Yeah. That's wild, dude. Well, look, man, we're super proud of you. I'm super proud of you. I want to say thank you for being a champion for hunting through your mainstream platform. Um, you certainly are someone to look up to. And I know that a lot of people in, that interact with you see that. Um, and you're married to a savage. So, um, yeah, definitely I'll kick my coverage there. So, yeah, absolutely. Like we all do. Like we all do. Um, yeah, man, let's, let's look, man. Anything you need from us. You know where to find me. I'm I'm very appreciative for you, and I know the hunting community is very appreciative to you too. Awesome! Thank you so much for having me, and uh, feel free to to reach out. Uh, anybody listen to this, whenever, uh, and uh, 
look forward to, to more stories down the road. Absolutely, brother. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.